This is Cross Hope with Randy Snyder. Cross Hope is broadcast daily and shares five minutes of hope and encouragement from the Word of God. Our companion website is www.crosshope.org. Now with today's uplifting message, here's Randy. Well, James Timms, what an interesting name, Jim Timms, from Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. Beautiful place. I've never been there, but I've seen pictures of it. It's a gorgeous place, and I think it's a resort area of Wisconsin. Tells the minister there, he tells about a church member who had a heart attack and was rushed to the hospital. While in the hospital, his family was contacted by an attorney who said that her this man who was in the hospital just having a heart attack was going to inherit $2 million from an uncle that he had very little contact with over the years. So the family contacted the doctor. Do we tell him this while he's in the hospital? And the doctor said, I don't want him to be excited or agitated. I don't want him to be over you know, stimulated in his emotionally, so I would discourage it. So the family came up with the bright idea Let's tell the minister and let him have a conversation when he calls on him in the hospital and, and just gently kind of bring it up. And so the minister thought about it, prayed about it, went and they're having the typical conversation that you have at the hospital. And then finally the moment came when the minister was brave enough to say, you know, if you were to inherit $2 million, what, what would you feel? What would you think? And he said, well, I'd be very thankful to the Lord. I'd be so grateful to the Lord for that. He said, I probably would give at least half of it to the church. And the minister fell to the floor out cold, and he passed out <laughs> from that. The guy was fine, but the minister lost it. I want to talk to you today, truthfully, about what Jesus tells about a giving incident. It's a scripture that people would, if you're just visiting or somebody was just visiting, they'd say, well, he must have picked that because he needs to boost up the offerings. It has nothing to do with that. We're just simply preaching through the, the book of Mark. And this is actually the fourth message from the 12th chapter of Mark, where Jesus talks about a beautiful story. It's really one of the most beautiful stories in the New Testament about Jesus observing what people did in the way of giving to the temple. And then he sees this widow. No money, no wherewithal, no net worth, giving everything she had to the Lord. And he uses it as a model for you and me, not about giving, but about loving. Don't go home today saying, Randy preached a message about money. I'm preaching about your life and your love. It's in Mark 12. This is the fourth message just out of this chapter. 1241 says this, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a fraction of a penny. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. Listen to that again, verse 44. 
They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all that she had to live in. Well, I don't know your familiarity with this short story in the New Testament. It's only four verses long, but it's a powerful story, what one author called the most touching story of the New Testament, of the widow giving everything she had, even though in comparison it was nothing. We continue tomorrow on Crossover. That's crossover.org. I'm not going to mention the church by name because we're on the radio and people from there listen to the radio. They'll figure out it's about them. But at a former church that I served, my first year there, I started in February or March, and at the beginning of Christmas season, I had something happen I've never had happen before or since. The chairman of the board came to the office and he said, Randy, I need to talk to you about our offerings. And I said, okay, what do you need to tell me? And he said, well, they're not what they should be. In fact, we're $100,000 short of meeting our budget for the whole year. And so I said, what's that have to do with me? And he said this. He said, starting this Sunday, the first Sunday of December, I need you to get up in the pulpit. And every Sunday, the month of December, you tell the people that we need an extra $100,000 on top of their regular offering. I couldn't believe he was asking me to do that, but he did. And I was embarrassed. I was sheepish about it. I, I can't even explain how I felt, but I did it every week for the month of December. And believe it or not, the people gave it. This is not a message about giving more money. It's about giving your life and your heart to the Lord because of what it represents. Jesus, in verse 41, says he sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money in. You say, I can't believe that Jesus would actually watch people give money to the temple and give money to the Lord. He already did today. Did you get that? He already does. He knows everything. We don't hide anything from him in terms of that when people say, I can't believe he would have done that. What's it say? Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came in and put two very small copper coins worth only a fraction of a penny. It was less than a penny is what she gave. And Jesus, in observation, says, these people gave out of their wealth. It was meaningless to them. But she gave out of her poverty. She put in everything. Jeff Stryker was in the Army Rangers for 20 years. He writes this. He's out of the military now. Last week I was in the country of Myanmar, I think, which is formerly Burma. He said, I was invited to speak at a little town. The pastor of the church asked me if I would help him deal with a problem that's cropping up in their community. There's a brand of Christianity that's starting to pop up all over this village. In fact, famous Christians from all over the world are coming to this part of the country, and they're teaching this message. They're teaching that if you will give your money to God, to them, to their ministry, He's going to make your health better, help you get a good job, make you rich, help you buy a car, help you to afford really nice stuff. And really what these false teachers are preaching is a prosperity Christianity. You give a little bit, God will make you rich. The pastor said that he needed our help because he lives in a village where there's more than 50% unemployment. 
people can't get a job. And the pastor says, do you realize how tempting it is for people in my village to hear this Christian come from somewhere else in the world and say, give your money to me and God will give you everything you need. He will make you healthy and wealthy and wise. Do you know how powerful a temptation that is? Will you speak to my church about this? And so that's interesting. This army ranger chaplain came to the church to say, God does want to bless you. But it's not a bargain that you make with God. I'll give you something and then you give me the rest. Giving is done out of love, period. End of discussion. Well, do you remember an executive for the automotive industry by the name of Lee Iacocca? Some of you know that he died in July of 2019, just I think July the 2nd. He was an American automobile executive best known for the development of the Ford Mustang and Pinto cars while at the Ford Motor Company in the 60s. And then later, he was known for reviving the Chrysler Corporation as its CEO during the 80s. He even served as president and CEO of Chrysler from 1978 and additionally as chairman from 1979 until his retirement at the end of 1992. He was one of the only executives ever to preside over the operations of two of the big three automakers, which he did during different time frames. Why am I talking about Lee Iacocca? He's the subject of the story today as we use it to illustrate the truth of giving to the Lord out of love. God bless you as you listen. Back in the 1980s, Lee Iacocca some of you know who I'm talking about, the automobile executive, chaired the fundraising effort to refurbish the Statue of Liberty. He told about some of the unusual gifts and givers. One woman in her 80s sent a letter and a check for $10,000. She added a PS asking for a free copy of Iacocca's book because there was a two-month wait at the library. Lee Iacocca said, now here's a woman after my own heart. She gave $10,000 for the Statue of Liberty but she's not about to go to a bookstore and spend 20 bucks for my book. She said, talk about having your priorities straight. One more part of the story, and then we'll move on. He said, another 87-year-old woman sent $1,000. They sent her a nice thank you note. She appreciated the note. She sent a check for $50,000. After that, Iacocca called her to say thanks again, and he invited her to visit Liberty Island with him, but she said she had to clean her house. On two other occasions, when he was in New York, Iacocca called her, but she was always too busy, thank you. But the last time she refused, she said she was sending another envelope with three checks in the same envelope for $25,000, $50,000, and $75,000. And all he did was try to say thanks for $1,000 and ended up with $201,000. He said, there's no telling where we'd be if we'd sent her flowers. There's no telling where we'd be. It's not about bargaining with God. It's about loving. And this is a simple passage. It's only four verses long, three or four verses long, but the message is this. We give to the Lord, and you gave to the Lord today, hopefully because you love the Lord. And we study just in the same chapter, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and all your mind and all your strength, which means love the Lord with everything that makes you you. When you love somebody, you love them not just with your mind. You love them with every part of you. 
And it impacts your behavior and how you treat them. It impacts how you talk to them. It impacts what you do for them because you see, love is comprehensive in that it takes over your life. It takes over your life when you love a person and when you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your strength, hopefully it takes over your life. She gave out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. Why does this story touch people? Can I tell you what I think it is? We see what we're not. Why it touches people. You and I, and I'm including both of us, we see what we're not. She put in everything, all she had to live on. Well, I want you to tune in tomorrow to continue this message from Mark 12 on CrossHope. Our website, of course, is crosshope.org. That's crosshope.org. Well, have you ever had anyone ask you why you do your particular job or profession? Maybe it's given you pause when someone has said, why do you do what you do? Will Campbell was a Baptist minister of years ago who would ask people all the time, what led you to your job? What led you to your career? And I think you're going to find out something about yourself in listening to this story as he had an opportunity to talk to an unlikely person about why do you do what you do? It's a part of this message from Mark 12 about the widow's might, the giving of the last penny, so to speak, the woman had. Let's listen to this message today. God bless you. John Buchanan is the minister that I tell you that I quote quite often. I love his stories. He's one of the best storytellers there ever was as a preacher. And he says, I love this story Will Campbell tells. Campbell was a preacher, Southern Baptist preacher, who was interested in why people did what they did. In other words, he was just a curious conversationalist, and you would tell him what you did in terms of your profession, either you used to do or you do now, and he said, well, what did you do that for? Why, why did you do that? What drew you to that vocation, which is an interesting thing in general? And he was at a circus, and he had an opportunity to talk to one of the guys who was the circus trapeze artist, you know, the high wire act, you know what I'm talking about, but this Man talked to Campbell for several minutes, and Campbell said, why do you do this? And I found this as an intriguing answer. He said, you really want to know why I go up there on that darn thing every night? And he didn't use the word darn. He said, man, I would have quit a long time ago. But you see, my sister's up there. And my wife and my father are up there. My sister has more troubles than Job in the Old Testament. My wife is a devil-may-care nut, he said. My wife is a devil-may-care nut, and my old man is getting older. If I wasn't up there, something bad might happen. Do you see? Now, that was interesting to Will Campbell. He saw the motivation wasn't just for the guts and glory of getting up on a high wire and doing trapeze rendezvous with other people and just doing a performance. It was because my mom and dad are up there, my wife's up there, my sister's up there, my brother-in-law, and I have to help them. What's the motivation for you in life? What are you motivated to do, and why are you motivated to do what you do? Hopefully, it's all going back to what was earlier in the chapter 12, 
is that we love the Lord, as I said earlier, with all our heart, soul, and mind. And Jesus was asked, you know, what's the greatest commandment out of 613 commandments in the Old Testament? And he said, love the Lord your God first, and then love people as yourself. What motivates you to do what you do? Hopefully it's love for the Lord and love for people. I'm not trying to raise a dime for carpet or for new pews or whatever we're doing next in the balcony and all that stuff. We're not. But I am asking you to love the Lord. In the same way that I would talk to you about your family, you've got children, love your kids. Most important thing you do is love a son or daughter, not lecture them, not lord it over them, but you love them. Most important thing you do for a husband or wife is to love that person, not straighten them out in this area and straighten them out on that area, and by golly, they better walk the straight and narrow. It's all about loving. Why? Jesus said the greatest commandment is loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and then loving your neighbor. I'm going to close with this story told by a woman by the name of Harriet Entrican. She told about a church that had a widow in the church who gave every week just substantial amount for what people thought. And the treasurer told the minister, she said, she doesn't need to do this. He said, I know her financial situation personally. She doesn't have this money to give. You need to tell her not to give. And so the minister by the name of Cosby, last name Cosby, went to her and told the woman the concern of the deacons. He told her as graciously and supportively as he knew how that she was relieved of the responsibility of giving. You don't need to do it. And as he talked, tears came to her eyes. And she said, I want to tell you that you are taking away from me the last thing that gives my life dignity and meaning. Isn't that interesting? You're taking away from me the one thing that gives my life dignity and meaning. Why? There's a blessing that comes to people who give to the Lord. That's not a manipulative tool to get you to do anything. It's just the truth. It's just the truth. That's all it is. To get you and to get me to realize we give to that which we love and we give to the one we love. Decide. Decide that your giving is going to be based on not just a need or a, an appeal or a minister getting up and saying, we need $100,000 this month to break even with the, in the books. It has nothing to do with it. You give to the Lord because you love him. This week, I did the funeral for Rick Rieger. Some of you were there, and you, you know where this is going. Rick Rieger is the one who told me, you know, there's two things I've learned from you. I've never had anybody do that, ever. Never had anybody say, there's two things I learned from you. I said, what is it? He said, well, I learned about Jesus from you, that Jesus is everything he claimed to be. He's not 40% of what he claimed to be. He's not even 80% of what he claimed to be. He's either all or nothing. What did he claim to be? Well, in John 14, he said, I'm the resurrection and the life. I'm the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. He's everything in that statement. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is all that he claimed to be. 
And I said, what's the other thing, Rick? And you may remember this. I shared it recently. He said, I remember the equation, that mathematical equation, and why the mathematical equation meant so much to him because of his math background. He was a mathematician. He was an engineer. He knew this stuff backwards and forwards. And he said, anything minus love equals zero. Does that make an impression on you at all? Anything in my life minus love equals zero. Your family minus love, nothing. Your relationship with your extended family minus love, nothing. And your relationship with Jesus Christ minus love equals nothing. Anything minus love equals zero, equals nothing. Remember that. Believe that. And hopefully, Lord willing, we'll all follow. Well, my friend, in light of the four-verse study from Matthew 12, what does it say to you about your life and mine? Our website is crossoak.org. That's one word, crossoak.org. To listen again to this message or to give this message to someone else to hear. It's crossoak.org. God bless you, and thanks for listening to Crossoak. You've been listening to Cross Hope with Randy Snyder. For more information about this ministry or to re-listen to any message heard on this broadcast, go to our website at crosshope.org. Be sure to join us at this same time each weekday or listen at www.crosshope.org. Cross Hope is listener-supported and is produced by Cross Hope Ministries, Incorporated.